We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. The epic countdown is my favorite. Like, it's just way too long, going from 20, 30 seconds the whole way. Sitting in for Andy Lou, friend of the show. I got Tommy here. You know, some of you may may know him, others you may not. Most of you will hate him afterwards. No, what's up, man? Absolutely. <laughs> Sam, thanks for having me on, man. It's been uh, way too long since I've hopped on a podcast of any type, especially light years. So happy to be here. Happy the Dubs got an easy win as they should have. Um, just, let's roll. Let's talk about it. So I feel like there's there's two discussions to be had. So we'll start here. Um, King sat everyone. Um, what was your overall thought on that? Because I have thoughts on why they sat everyone. Um, honestly, I think they've been pretty lucky with their health all year. Monk missed a couple games recently, and it was like the first time they were really missing one of their big players. Um, I really don't think it was that much like seedings maneuvering. Right. Um, it might have been Mike Brown doing Steve a little bit of a favor, like doing his his former boss a little bit of a favor. But besides that, I don't I don't think the Kings really care who they play because I think the Warriors or the or the Lakers or even the Clippers are a pretty tough matchup for them. So. Either way, you're playing a team with superstars. So, I don't think it really matters. So so my thought is um, they probably want the Clippers of all the right. matchups, but they can't really control it. Um, but what they can control is, look, if they're going to play the Warriors, they don't need to show their hand a week ahead of time. The last time the Warriors played the, um, the Kings was obviously before New Year, and I want to say I think it, it was, was in November. Game. I think it was but, the game where Steph went for 47. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, I want to say it was this bad. Like, I'm trying, it, it was, it was deep. They played in, three times in the first 15 games. I'm pretty sure. Which is to say, if you're the Kings, you're like, we aren't the same team we were back no, then. They, they aren't either. But like, it, why give them a free look at who we are, especially in a game that doesn't matter? So I get it. You know, like, we can all play conspiracy theories about them ducking things, but it's just kind of, at this point, they had a great season. They can play their games right now. And so, you know, kind of a frustrating game in general, other than the fact that Looney is a god at this point. Can, can we talk about Looney a little bit right now? I, it feels like basically in any big game now, he's going to get 15 rebounds. It's, I mean, I, I don't want to 
throw out like a Dennis Rodman comparison, but in terms of just the rebounding, it's getting towards that level. Um, and you want to talk about a guy who, who took coaching well and, um, mm-hmm. you know, Dayon day came in. And obviously, I think it's pretty much a night and day difference since Looney started working with Dayon in terms of basically his rebounding and his finishing. You know, Loon lost a lot of athleticism between kind of the end of the dynasty run, mm-hmm. um, you know, the KD run, and then 2021, 20, 22. But his finishing has improved and his rebound is, is just a whole nother level. He was never a rebounder like this before um, before Dayon started working with him. So. What, what, Draymond like always makes the joke that the playoffs of the Warriors Invitational. And I'm just like, yeah, it's the playoffs. It's where every big man gets run off the court except for Looney. It's going to happen um, again, man. It is like, honestly, like you start running through it. And if the Warriors end up playing Sabonis, uh, that's going to be rough for him having to figure out how to guard Steph Curry in a pick and roll. Meanwhile, Looney's going to be able to hang in there against Darren. Like obviously Fox is going to get some stuff, but you know, um, just the quintessential 16 game player, his game translates to any environment. And, um, is he the best contract in the NBA? I think he is at this point. He's he's right there. And I think one of the funniest things about him is like a guy like Chemezi Metu can like get him for a couple of minutes and kind of cook him. But right. then he'll get stuck on the perimeter against Deeran Fox or a Malik Monk and he'll totally hold his own. It's just it's a weird thing that happens with him where a quick post can kind of get him in a small space. But out in sure. big space, he always handles himself and he's always able to switch on the guards and, and do what he, what he needs to do. Yeah, I mean, he's... <laughs> He so so like at this point, I feel like the general NBA consensus, like Steph Curry's, you know, top ten all time consensus, and then the core gets their love because they've won. A, at least anyone who's like being honest it is just like you know you, you always have to worry about those guys because they've won for a decade. But Looney tends to be the one that like it, you know they drafted Wiseman, they drafted, they, they've made so many efforts. Meanwhile, this guy's like actually turned into. Uh, the center version of Iguodala in some ways. Where How many just times like have the they perfect... tried to replace him? How many times have they tried to replace him at this point? Right, yeah. It's been like four or five at least. And and every time he just continually shows his value. And every time that that he that we start a game without him, you know, mm-hmm. if we bring him off the bench, I feel a little bit less secure about how we're going to start the game. And the, and, know, like... and the chat brings up Loon always plays hard. Always. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to like be mean to the chat, but it's like, sometimes I feel like because he's so earnest and like unassuming people just think of him as an, an effort guy. And I'm like, no, he's like, there's not a lot of players who both have like the intelligence and the ability to actually adjust in real time to playoff game plans and make an adjustment. So it's like, in some ways it's, it, it reminds me of how like Draymond always gets like, undersold and they're like he's the heartbeat of the team it's like yeah but you're underselling the talent part of it too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and i think i mean steve has pointed it out a lot about how smart loon is you know it's not it's not just that he plays hard he's incredibly smart uh he is on that that draymond andre guadala type of level in terms of basketball smarts he's just so limited physically that he's not always able to show it but he's i mean there have been times this year, and Draymond has been tremendous, I think, this year for the most part, especially considering kind of the hand they were dealt. But there's mm-hmm. times this year where I feel a little bit more secure with Looney in the game. He's become such a solid and consistent force for this team um, that whenever he's on the floor, I feel better about things. I feel like if we're winning, we're not going to lose the lead. And if we're losing, we have a chance at kind of building a little bit of a comeback. 
You sound like Steve Kerr because he literally said Loon is a stabilizing force. But I mean, it's, it's true. Like he's, it's 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 funny because like Iguodala was Steve's kind of you know stabilizing player and kind of the guy he always went to. You know, the young guys are being crazy. In that case, it's like Steph and Clay and those guys. I, I can trust Iguodala to settle everyone down and get us into our sets. Um, and and you know as he gets old and I don't know if he's ever going to play again, honestly, that sort of thing. Um, You're like, that's, that's a lost thing. That's never truly going to be Draymond. Draymond does a billion things, but he's not like the calm stabilizing force guy. And and they get it out of Looney who's, you know, kind of slow, kind of an undersized side. Like it's funny in some ways that that's where they got it from. Like the player you least expected to be the Andre Godala replacement ended up being the Andre Godala placement. I mean, Steph and Dre were kind of out of their minds to start this game. They were throwing the ball over the yard. They weren't yeah. focused. And Looney got like three or four offensive rebounds, just calmed everybody down and made sure the game didn't get out of hand early. I think something that's a little bit underrated or not underrated, but probably not discussed enough about the core. Sure. Just Steph, Clay, and Dre. They're amazing players, but they are kind of by nature very high variance. You know what I mean? Like their, their performance can go up and down. You expect them to always be there in the big moments, but there's nights where it's like, what are they doing? They just lose their mind. So you need that kind of low variance stabilizing yeah. force around those guys to make sure that on those nights where they are losing their mind, you have that guy who's going to calm everything down and get them back to kind of an equilibrium. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's a perfect personality for the team. Um, and, and it just works. And, at a certain point, I just sit here and go, you know, there's not really a dollar. There's not, not a number you can put on him, really. Because no. he he makes Steph, he makes Clay, he makes Draymond better. Um, and he fills the gaps in ways that are not necessarily easy to fill. Um, it, it reminds me so much of a good dollar. Like, we, we're now dancing in circles around it. So. Yeah, I mean, he'll never be, I guess, as talented as Andre, but right. you, you can, and he might not ever approximate like the high ceiling impact that an Andre once had, but in terms of just all that other stuff that Andre brought, the stabilizing and just being the guy that Kerr always knew he could count on, Loon's all of that. And he's what, only 27? It doesn't make sense sometimes, but that, I mean, he should have three, four, five, six more years at this level of play. Yeah. Um. 24 turnovers tonight, season record. <laughs> I can always count on that one. Once you knew the opponent was like I, this, this is the most predictable thing on earth uh, in retrospect. When you saw Sack was sitting everyone, I was like, it's going to be a frustrating game, uh, which is why, you know, you need someone like Looney a little more. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Sword Vitality. Listen up, Dub Nation, especially all our guys out there. We have a special offer on the newest addition to your daily self-care routine. Do you shower, brush your teeth, and I know you manscape to keep the ladies in your life happy. Listen, no shame. Self-care is cool and manly, and that's why you need to add Sword Vitality Excalibur to your daily routine. Sword Vitality Excalibur can encourage optimal sexual health by increasing blood flow to help you thrive when it matters. Trust me, you might think your girl's happy, but what if she could be happier? This 30-day regimen designed to benefit your reproductive function can help maintain a healthy libido and stamina. Now, who doesn't want to last longer? You'll be proud of this product. It looks good on your shelf. It sure as hell feels good, and it shows your partner you care. Add Sword Vitality to your pregame 
and you'll always be ready for game time. Visit swordvitality.com now. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS at checkout for a nice discount. That's swordvitality.com. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS, and that discount won't be the only nice thing that you'll be getting. Um, I feel like we should pivot to general so, right now. So, so the Warriors won. Um, the Lakers have won. The Pelicans won. And so we're entering Sunday with kind of a clean scenario in terms of the Warriors need to win to avoid the play-in, as far as I'm concerned. The Clippers also have to win uh, because they run the risk of falling into the play-in if they don't win. So if both those teams win, the Warriors are in the sixth seed. Uh, if the if the Clippers lose and the Pelicans win, the Warriors will somehow move up to the five seed. Is yep. that correct? Yep. That's the one scenario. Um, in theory, you want to avoid if you think the Warriors should be in the sixth seed. So l- let's start there. Do you actually have a preference between the Kings and the Suns? Um. In round one, I'd say, yeah, just because we don't know what Wiggins is going to look like. I think yeah. Wiggins is going to obviously be essential for a Suns matchup because we're going to need him for 30 to 35 minutes a night to guard Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, deeper in the playoffs, if Wiggins gets to the level that we know he can be at, I'm not worried about the matchup. Honestly, I, th- I think we actually match up very well with the Suns. They can't punish our lack of size, and we have guys to throw at all their guys. You have Wiggins for Durant. You have GP2 for Book. You have Dante for Book. I mean, you can go down the list. It's it's kind of a nice matchup for the Warriors, but we don't know what Wigg- Wiggins is going to look like. So if you're asking me to pick, of course, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Kings. They have less talent. Um, just overall, in terms of kind of high-level talent, they have less. The Kings have had an amazing year. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. They've right. been maybe the best story in the NBA. But if you're asking me to pick, I'm going to pick to play the Kings first. Um, and now, like you said, the Clippers are locked and they have to win their next two games or they risk falling into the play-in. Um, so no matter they, they play tomorrow, they play the Blazers tomorrow, and then they play the Suns, I believe, on Sunday. So they're forced to win both those games. Um, the Warriors obviously have to win on Sunday too. And if it all plays out like that, then the Warriors are the six. So um, as long as the Clippers handle business and the Warriors handle business, they'll be playing the Kings on April 15th or 16th, however it shakes out. Let me take this to a different direction. Who do you think the Suns want? Um, because uh, they didn't play, the, just to, to set the preface for anyone listening to this, they sat everyone against the Lakers. They gave the Lakers an easy win. The Lakers kind of did the same thing the Warriors did, which was like, you know, got, got flat, right? Um, I mean, the Lakers were losing theory, for three quarters. So it was a little theory, bit more flat than the Warriors. Yes, <laughs> it was a little more flat, but you, you get what I'm saying. Um, in theory, the Suns don't have to sit people on Sunday. If they don't want to, I think the Suns probably prefer the Clippers at this point, and that's only because we don't know where PG's at. Um, I, they're they're the only team really missing one of their star players. I mean, even right. if they could actually pick, maybe the Pelicans because the Pelicans might have not have Zion for the entire first round. Yeah, with, um, with the news today, it, it doesn't sound like he's coming back at all. No, no. Um, I mean, it's an amazing player, but he's just never healthy. Uh, he's sure. never, anyway, that sidebar. But I think it's it's got to be the Clippers, right? Because how many guys they really had to throw at at KD and and Book without PG? You, you and, still have a lot of wings, but not you probably don't have enough. Well, I mean, and they're also dealing like so. You brought up, and I've I've made the same point, but it's like okay. I would prefer the Warriors to play a team that doesn't have uh, like all world small forward in round one, 
because uh, Wiggins is going to need some games to get his legs under him in all likelihood. Like there is always the scenario where like he's back to playoff Wiggins within two games, but like being realistic, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Um, if you're the Suns, you're probably looking at the same way. No matter how much we love our team, they haven't actually played enough games together. We'd rather have the soft start to get our legs under us before we have to get into the dirtier matchups to later go on. Yeah, I was actually kind of surprised the Suns totally sat there, guys, tonight. I, w- I would have thought they would have preferred some reps. I get it. That's the second end of a back-to-back, but they played, what, eight games together? Mm-hmm. Like, you kind of... and. You know, Book and and KD and CP are all amazing players, but you still need to play together a little bit. Like sure. you can't just like I'm um, not gonna on paper it looks great, but you're not just gonna drop into the playoffs and be the best team in the league if you played together ten times. It's just not realistic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, they're they're also, I guess, holding their hand a little bit. I if I had to guess, I would agree with you. The Clippers, um. It, I guess their power rankers would probably be the Pelicans because it's highly unlikely Zion comes back. So you're just talking about like a young, gritty team, but ultimately lacking high-level talent. Um, then probably the Clippers. Um, Kawhi's obviously awesome, but uh, without Paul George, there's questions on that team. Probably then, you know, then it's Lakers or Warriors that they want to deal with. So I don't know. They could. I guess if if you think that's the case, they'll probably sit everyone on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, you would think you would think they at least consider it. Maybe they get their guys a half of play and then they sit everybody. But I mean, actually, the Clippers won't be in this scenario. I was thinking they could sit guys, but they're not going to be able to because everyone's the teams behind them are still at the yeah. Because everyone's going to have to win. So I mean, that's that's kind of the the thing I appreciate about the way the NBA is scheduling it now. Everyone plays at the same time, so there's less like. I mean, look, you can get a text, which is like, we're up, they're up 40, pull your guys, you know? But it's like, if that happens, it's mid-game, so. It's going to be crazy. I mean, there's going to be, I think the Wolves could still somehow slide up to eight or nine, maybe not. They might have 41 losses now, but it's going to be, all these games are going to be happening at once, and seeds five through eight are actually still open. You would expect the Warriors to win. You would expect, you know, I think you'd expect the Lakers to win, but. Besides that, Minnesota's going to play really hard. They're going to give the Pels a good game. And then Phoenix and LAC, you don't really know who's going to sit or who's going to play. So so, so just, to, just to put that in context, the Wolves play the Spurs tomorrow, which you assume yep. is a win. If they beat the – which puts them in a situation where if they beat the Pelicans on Sunday, they can slip into 7-8, which they probably want to do. So yep. it, it creates a scenario it's, – it's like that um, – that office, you know, like where everyone's like got the guns off and like, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like it, everyone wants to get cute with it, but it's like you got to take care of business one before you worry about business two and three. So, right. Right. I mean, look, the Warriors are in a good position. All you have to do is win on Sunday and you're in the playoffs. And that's that's really all you can ask for it. With this core, you take your chances against anybody. You do. I mean, you'd rather play the Kings, but if you end up having to play the Suns, that's fine, too. You get a week off. I mean, I think Steph and Dre in particular look very tired. I think they yeah. could really use a week off. Steph, I, I want to say, only shot 14 times a night. Um, and it looked like he took a good amount of effort to get those 14 shots off. He gave enough. Uh, Clay was huge, obviously, off a of four days rest. He, he played really well. But, I mean, Draymond just looked kind of out of it. He, he still made enough plays to help them win. But they just look tired, man. It's been a long season. Um, and besides just Draymond playing most of the games, like it's just been 
from an emotional standpoint, it's been a lot this year. They, they've gone through a ton of shit. And some of it's self-inflicted and some of it just kind of happenstance. So uh, this whole team can use a week off. If you get the week off, you take it, and then you play who you play. How confident do you feel in the playoffs? Let, let's assume uh, – Let's assume. let me paint the picture. Let's assume uh, what we've played out happens. They beat the Pel- – or sorry, they beat the Blazers on Sunday. Everyone kind of falls into line. They end up with the sixth seed, which is kind of the best-case scenario. Um, I think it'll be a spirited – five or six game effort from the Kings, but they'll ultimately lose. The Kings will, not the Warriors. I I feel pretty confident in that matchup. Suns, I'd be a little bit less confident uh, just because we don't know where Wiggins is at, and I think he's more essential for that matchup than he is for a Kings matchup. He still matters in a Kings matchup, obviously, because he's a good player, and you want him there for 30 minutes a night. And if not, you're relying on Kaminga a little bit, relying on a lot of small lineups, which doesn't you're hurt very, you as You're much. very small in the perimeter. But yeah. you're, and that doesn't hurt you as much against the Kings. Um, and then... Even in the playoffs, I think it hurts you actually a little bit less. Um, the four-guard lineups hurt you a little bit less in playoff scenarios than they do in the regular season. Um, but I, I feel like regardless of how Wiggins looks, unless he's just terrible, they beat the Kings in five or six games. I, I think it'll be competitive. It'll be fun. But ultimately, the Warriors would come out on top. And then hopefully Wiggins is ready by round two and you have Memphis, I guess. We don't know what's happening there, by the way. I think Jaw did something to his hand tonight. I'm not sure if he finished that game, but I know in the first half he hurt his hand. So that's too, too early to say. Also, like, I don't know. The Lakers, I'm not sure what I think of them, to be honest with you. Um, mostly because LeBron, like, in, the team construct makes sense. Eh, it's a different conversation. We don't need to get into it. Light Years podcast kick off the new year with new gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays. Have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more? Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoors adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection, insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you don't love them, you can also exchange for a new pair, return them, or you can return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Light Years Podcast always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving our best deal of the year. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use code Light Years for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. Should we get to some goons here? Let's do it. Let's get a tie up here. Ty, what's up, my man? Dude, the bucket bucket hat and the glasses? Yeah. Been a long day. Been a long day. Had to shave my eyes and shit. (laughs) Okay. What's up, man? What'd you you think of the game tonight? Uh... I think it just kind of reinforced how much I'd rather play the uh, the Suns in the first round. I'm just kind of like on the complete the Suns? Yeah. I, oh, I, walk out. Okay. I fully acknowledge and concur that the Suns, from a basketball point of view, are going to be harder to beat four times in seven games, given the current construct and health of our team, than the Kings. My issue comes in when I look at, from a physically taxing point of view, our guys are 35, 33, 32, 
And the Suns are going to be a high octane offense, going to run a shit ton nitrous oxide. And then to follow that up with either the Grizzlies or Lakers, that one two combo, as far as the physical side of it, I think would be tougher than. You mean the, the Kings? The, the Kings, Kings and Grizzlies back to back. Say we beat, say we play the Kings. I think we would beat the Kings five, six games, whatever it is. But it would be a, like a hard fought, like. Sabonis would give Draymond like six elbows to the ribs. Like uh, D Fox is putting real pressure on GP2's like ligament yeah. and, and core and stuff like that. And then you got to deal with, you know, the dirtiest <laughs> player in the league, Dylan Brooks. And then Ja is just a shit ton to handle, even for, yeah. for Gary and Kaminga and shit. So I, like I said, the Suns, that's a tougher team, but it's a less physically tough matchup and if you're telling me that the suns are gonna like out methodically jumper the warriors all right i'll take your money for sure especially when it's two versus threes i hear I, you there come on now mid-range I like the splash bros come on now i Let's like that take i hadn't thought about it that way but yeah. but you do bring up a point the suns or sorry the kings are gonna run the warriors ragged and it's not that the warriors can't win that matchup it's just tiring meanwhile Am I really gonna be afraid of Devin Booker eighteen footing me to death? You know, thirty-nine-year-old like, Chris Paul. All right, whatever. Yeah, I now mean, I acknowledge that the Suns would be easier to play later on, just because the later you get, the less likely Chris Paul will still like have <laughs> functioning knees. But like, I it'd be I an assistant know. coach by, by May twelfth. Yeah. Who's he guarding? Like who? Yeah, I mean the, the Kings are gonna, especially the first two games because they'll be at home. They're gonna play like the building's on fire. That place is gonna be crazy. Crazy. On the on the flip side, and I've brought this point up before. Um, the one team who can dull their home court advantage is the Warriors, just because you can't so compete with players. geography. Like mm-hmm. honestly, like half my friends I grew up with who are Warrior fans live in Sacramento. It's a it's a real thing. We're talking about, I mean, eighty mile difference. It's just there's no way to actually legislate that out of it. You're just dealing with the reality you live in a joint region, uh, which is something we would never have to deal with with the Suns, with uh, you know, with the Grizzlies, with any of those other teams where it's like, yeah, they're going to come to town. There's going to be those five fans in Section 102, and then it's just all going to be us, you know? That's right. And I would think, I mean, the Kings had some crazy playoff crowds back in the early 2000s, but I would think last 10 years, the Warriors subsection of fans in Sacramento has grown. I, I couldn't see how yeah. it hasn't just because of, because of what's happened. So. Also, it's, it's just, again, you can't control it. Like the Kings have always been nuts, but um, their fans have always been into it. But like, it's such a, a mingled geographic area. Like Warrior fans aren't going to not be able to get to the game. Like there's no way for, a season ticket holder be like, whoa, I'm not going to sell this to you. I saw you tweet that you're a Warriors fan <laughs> three years. Like, I mean, I guess someone could, but you, you know, could, you could leave, you could leave after work at 5 PM and maybe get there by tip off. Exactly. Right? You know, like like yeah. it would, it would be yeah. close, especially getting out of the Bay over to Sac. Yeah. Like you might be able to do it. It's close enough. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where it just, it will automatically hurt their ability to sell tickets like it, there's just no other way around it and 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 by the way it would probably go the other way too like you know yeah. there's kings fans who live in the bay and you know if they played like chase would be like i don't know 15 percent less crazy for the same reason 
So yeah, and I mean, it seemed like ticket prices already went up a little bit in SAC just based on tonight. Like the ticket prices were higher than normal, so yes. you might be pricing out some of those people that are normal I, the Sacramento games. One of my um, so like obviously, I went to I went to Davis um, in, and then I've said it before, and like I have uh, friends who are obviously from the area and who are Kings fans, and I was I was texting my buddy. He's like, I really want to go. But I don't know that I can justify seven hundred dollars to go to a to go to a. This is this is sorry. De'Aaron Fox is not a seven hundred dollar lower bowl player. That's what he said. I mean, I think upper bowl is going to be three four hundred minimum, right? Yeah, for a round one playoff game. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But anyway, you slice it. I I just don't think they want that. I don't think they want that matchup. They can be damned for me saying it. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. The 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 com- the comments that the Kings wanted the Warriors was really funny. It has shades of we want Bama. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, come on, man. Okay, they, all right. Be careful that, what you wish for. Like the definition of be careful what you wish for. Right, right. But the the, the travel thing, as far as um the physicals, isn't like that's that's definitely true too. Because then you're you're getting an offset. Like you're 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 not having to guard the De- uh De'Aaron Fox. But you're flying all the way to Phoenix and back uh, right. versus, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. Either way, though, I, I feel very, very confident. Like Wiggins is back. We got Gary back. You know, the alleged is balling. It is what it is. Hey, man, how, how good was Gary tonight? <sighs> man, brought back old memories, man. Good like, stuff. The, the time. The game could have kind of slipped away when it, I think it was 14 and he made like that chase down block and hit the corner three. It was like, ah, this could get interesting. And then he just, he makes an impact play like that. It's immediate five point swing and the game's over. Yeah. Ty, it's, talk me through your, uh, your confidence level of the Wiggins returning. Um, so here's my thing, right? Like, I feel like we got, we got like a weird video. It was the ratio. It was like a 16 by nine video. Uh, it was like shot vertically. So he looked like Slenderman and everybody was like, he had no muscles. And I was like, oh man, this looks crazy. But I, I don't know. I feel like Wiggins role this year is so ancillary on both ends with Clay taking that, that step back to where he was offensively mm-hmm. that focus on defense you can give us that same 29% from three that you gave us in the finals and I, I think we'll be fine we just need that extra body just to make shit happen and even though we're small even smaller than we were last year outside of the Lakers who's taking advantage of that not even Memphis this year because they don't have right now they don't have Clark or Adams Adams might right. be back for the playoffs but who knows right. um no but you're I think you're a hundred percent correct in terms of we really don't need his scoring as much as we did last year. Yeah, um, no, he, need, he, he, he need need the defense, him. the rebounding. You need him to be able to hit an open shot. I don't yeah, for need, sure. For sure. I don't yeah. think they need his shot creation at all. And last year they kind of needed him to bail out possessions at times. Game so, five of the finals. Yeah. They needed it. Yeah. And yeah, no, no other way around it. So it does paint a picture where if he can just get his head locked in, it's it's all not that big a deal. So not to not to be controversial, but do you think, given that we're on the other side of the Wiggins like ultimate PTO um, <laughs> excursion, like do you think the ha- the Warriors handled it right? Yeah, of course. I, I mean, here's here's let let me take this one, Tommy. You don't have to touch it. Um, He's back with the team, and the team is happy with him. 
ultimately, you have to sell me that there was a better way to handle it that would get him back um, other than what it is. Like, would I have liked more transparency? Sure. Would I have liked people to have lived in reality <laughs> during the whole thing and, like, not acted like it was completely normal? Yes. But the team was able to get the result which ultimately mattered to them, which was getting their player back in a scenario which was positive for the team's ultimate goal. So you can't really be all that mad about it. Now, if if he plays poorly, like, sure, can we second guess it? But, like, I just have a hard time imagining if he plays below the standard he set last year, the answer was, like, being harder on him. Yeah, I'm probably with you there. Uh, I know there were a lot of calls for, like, fines and, and disciplinary stuff. But, like, I uh, mean, no, you no. live in America, and one of the things about that is, like, if you're super rich, like, a couple of fines aren't probably going to be the most motivating thing. So, like, I don't know that there yeah, was – hit, hit, hit him with a speeding ticket? Like, come on. Man. Right. Like, yeah, you know. right. Exactly. Like The team handled it correctly. The, the, I think so, did, the, the team did what they should have. That, mm-hmm. That's not really the question in my mind, but I, I don't want to jump into all of it. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. I'm glad. I'm very, very glad he's back. I hope he looks remotely like he did in the last playoffs, and then I'll feel very, very confident about everything. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Ty, I appreciate you. And keep Ty, moving. Anytime, man. Let's get. There you go. And <laughs> there he is. Ryan, what's up, man? Nothing much. Uh, I was listening to the Andre pod and Tommy texted me to hop on. So here I am. Are you are you like joining us from a dorm room? Where are you at? I am in my bedroom. Uh okay. Yeah. There's just nothing on the walls, you know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh what's it called? Uh I was watching and Andre apparently doesn't have a cast in this. Is he like further along than they're telling us? Because he does not have a cast in this. Dante. So they said it's possible. They said four weeks for a reevaluation. Yeah. And that was on, I want to say the 20th or 21st of March. I was looking at it earlier today. So he gets reevaluated like two, a game or two into the first round. Right. So, and if it's healing correctly, I would assume he's been conditioning because it's just a risk. So it's not like it's limiting him from conditioning at all. So there's, a, I think there's a chance he's back by the end of round one. We'll see. Um, they need all the bodies they can get at this point, especially in the front court. So if you can come back it's also, by the end of round one. It's worth noting awesome. it's his non-shooting wrist. So yeah. huge. Um, it's just like it, I, I go 50-50 with it. Like on the one hand, everything about the injury suggests it should not hold him back and he should be back quick. On the other hand, he's older than me and I'm old as fuck. And um <laughs> he took the words out of my mouth. And he's had a hard time you know, like holding his body together in general too. So, you know, it's just like he's going to come back and injure something else at the same time. But maybe I need to separate those two thoughts, right? Does, yeah. does anybody – when did he get hurt? What is Was it the and one layup? It was the and one layup. Okay, that's what I thought because everybody kept saying it was the dunk. It was the and one where he fell and kind of like yeah. – literally, literally, he needs to never approach the rim. Dude, he, he just needs to like stand at the top of the key and do the – 
Draymond traffic cup stuff on offense. It's so funny because I think he was like a plus 16 in like 12 minutes in that game. He was he amazing. Was playing, he, he was playing so well. That's the funniest part of all of it. Like it's it was kind of frustrating giving him a roster spot all year and then he only plays like eight games. But the eight games that he played in, he was so good. You can't like you can't even argue against it. He just gets it, man. He could play till he was 45 if his body would let him. He came off like a neck injury. He said that off- like five times too. He's like, I could play this game forever because it's so easy and i'm just like yeah your body's not gonna let you though he no. came off a neck injury in the finals and hits a corner three his first play in the game i was like okay andre <laughs> and then this year he was like a plus 12 in that laker game after not playing for two months he just yeah. gets out and make winning plays at correct times and having him as the backup to draymond is invaluable especially with no auto just having another guy who could move the ball get you to your right spots calm down Kaminga just all that stuff is important yeah and I mean a guy like like um Jordan misses him too Poole really misses a guy like that like yeah. he had he had so many of those guys in the second unit last year you had Otto you had Bielitsa you had Andre obviously you had even Juan all those guys could kind of calm things Damian down Lee. and initiate and and they don't have any of those guys this year so you get you get more games like you like Jordan was tonight, where he goes over. I don't know what exactly what he ended up, but over you get more. I think? Yeah, you get more games like that because he just there's nobody to calm him down in a lot of those lineups. He's out there with a lot of kids, so it just makes his job so much harder. And he's probably well, not I, quite. Ready. I have a I have a different theory on that one. My theory is he's just not a point guard. Like no no yes. matter how, yeah. he just needs to be off ball. Like the more he dances, the worse it gets. Like I'm turning into Steve Kerr. No, no matter what. <laughs> You just end up at the same point, which is like the solution here is to just take the ball out of his hands. Steve Kerr was right when he wanted Brad Wanamaker to run point guard is what I'm hearing. All right. We don't need to relive (laughs) that season. We don't need, we don't need to, you know, you know, but I mean, that's, that is the flip side to the, to the equation where you're just like, I I don't want to be point guard. Yeah. Even though the guy who's point guard is tanking the offense in the process, but it's, it's, it's like a little more nuanced than that. But like, obviously, like I've watched what like five hundred Jordan Poole games by this yeah. point, and as have all of you, it's very clear he is best playing off ball, attacking, um, not dancing as much as often. And like, if you can generate lineups that allow him to do that, he's a monster. Yeah, he can kill anyone. Um. And then you get into reality, which is like he's your best ball handler. Uh, and you got to live with the fact that it generates offense that sucks half the time. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, and this is just kind of a quick tangent. I think the thing that <laughs> besides besides size, what they need to pursue most this or this offseason, and this is thinking ahead, but they need to pursue mm-hmm. like more connective passers and like secondary playmakers. That's what they've really missed offensively this yeah. year. You know, they've really, really missed. Like you go and watch games from last year or highlights. Bielitsa did so much for them, just initiating offense and like finding Gary as a cutter, setting up pool in the right places. Juan, the same thing, you know? So like that, those are the type of guys, guys with size who can kind of initiate offense. That's what I would look for to, if you're going to keep pool, which I think they, they might, um, we'll see how it Probably. all shakes out this summer. You need guys who can help him initiate the offense. Cause like you said, Sam, he isn't a point guard. He is not a pure point guard. He is a classic combo guard and he's really talented. Yeah. But he's not a point guard. Yeah. Well, and and that's the trade-off situation. Like I think if you were to um, critique the last offseason, it's like just you know getting fucking too high on your own BS. Um, and and Ryan like Rollins, you know, baby. what? Yeah, yeah, you know. Ryan but it's Rollins? like, but it's like you know, 
being an adult with the situation, we could trade off. It's like, do I want another ball handler or do I want size next to Jordan Poole? That was the or can I or can I get both? You know, in a perfect world, obviously you get both. Um, instead of just being like, we're just gonna get another 20-year-old in here and make it work because he's talented and we're light years ahead. You know, I mean, if you want to, I can go down my list of targets for the summer. I already got it locked oh, up. We're, we're I, not doing that right now. <laughs> action? Oh yeah. Him, Kevin Love, Dario Saric, bring them all in. <laughs> Just give Kerr all the white white bigs in the league, and we'll we'll reel off five more titles. I promise you. Ryan, appreciate you. Thank you. Well, good evening. We got another call. We got Neil. Neil, what's up, man? It's happening. It's happening, guys. Neil, who do you, who do you want? Who you want? The Kings? You want the Suns? Oh, I, I'm I head versus heart. I've thought about this, and I've come to the realization that it's definitely the Kings. Um, I think it's just like it's Kevin Durant. I mean, like we can say as much. Like we, you know, we we have the history. We, you know, we beat him in 2016. That's great. But with this Warriors team in the first round, where Wiggins is kind of still ramping up, um, we're not 100 percent sure where he's going to be at. I'd rather go against a team that hasn't done it yet. Because um, inexperience, I think, matters in these situations. So I definitely go with the Kings, and just less high-level talent. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like the Kings. Like I said, the Kings are a great story, but you're they just can't they can't out-talent you, which the Suns can. If the Suns play well for a couple games, you're like, all right, well, there's nothing we could have done. Let me paint. Let me paint the the contrarian scenario, just because why not? Um, okay, so you play the Suns. You have to play Draymond and Looney as many minutes combined as possible. No way around the fact that like, you're going to wear yourself out with that. So you put Looney on Aiton, put Draymond on KD. Draymond is uniquely qualified to offend him and make that as uncomfortable as possible. You got, you got GP two on Booker. Mm -hmm. And then you're still dealing with a Suns team that I like, I don't know, Tommy, they might play you 12 minutes a game. Right now, like they, I don't know who they're. Who's their fifth best player? Sorry, I guess Damian Lee. Who's their sixth best player? They don't play Damian Lee. They play Terrence Ross ahead of him. I cannot figure that out. Terrence Ross has been like the worst player in the NBA since being picked up by the Suns. But I don't know who it is. I really don't. No, it's a Tory Craig, Ish Wainwright. You know, Cameron, Cameron Payne. Like they, I could paint a scenario without Wiggins where it works like i think with a fully locked in wiggins it's actually a pretty easy matchup for the warriors because five or six games yeah because like uh, you have two elite defenders who match up on booker and kd who both are very easy to get baited into going one-on-one and you get the best help defender in the league plus a bunch of other good players um i still think they can win without without wiggins though I'll put it, it that way. Funny versus enough, sun, it, it, it actually, yeah, it actually plays into the Suns. Not it plays into the Warriors' favor a little bit that they play KD at the four basically because yeah. now it's the natural matchup for Draymond, right? Like you're not really mixing and matching to get Draymond on KD. If KD's the three, and you have two guys bigger than KD in the lineup. Or well, like, I mean, if they had Wig- if they had guys. Wiggins, they would have, um, of course, Draymond on like Ishwain Wright or Terrence Ross or whoever it is playing like this playing the free safety role and like yep. daring that guy to hit 
six threes, right? You could put, you could put Draymond on CP2 and have Steph be the roamer. I mean, you could do it either way. True, true. But there's, But you have a little bit more flexibility, obviously, with Wiggins. I mean, on both ends. That's, that's really the big deal with getting Wiggins back. It just gives you more flexibility. You can just do a little bit more on both sides of the floor. Sure. Having more good players gives you more options. It's it's not a very complicated no. concept at, at the high high level there. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do think, like, ultimately, it's hard to suggest that, you know, uh, going for that is beneficial to, you know, playing a team where you don't need Wiggins to play a role at all. Like, I think they can beat the Kings with, with Wiggins not playing. Honestly, no matter how disgusting tonight was, I don't think they need Wiggins because they don't have a wing score where you're like, I just need a wing defender. You know, let's let's move forward. Neil, appreciate you, bro. Thanks, Neil. Sean, what's up, my man? Hey, what's up? Um, I was just uh, calling in to just ask you, um, ask you guys um, been watching like closely all these like playoff teams that are kind of just like scrunched up in the like from the five to like 10 spot and like a common trend that i'm noticing like all these teams are like pushing their chips in the middle in terms of like we have to win this and like you're seeing a lot of teams like like phoenix yesterday struggle against like the Jokic list and mpj list and uh jamal murray um less nuggets and then you see like the lakers are like struggling till the very end with like uh um, the Suns without um, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I don't know if you guys talked about this, but like, why do you think that's even with us like tonight, like we looked horrible in some spurts and we gave up a 16 point lead and like they cut it to like two, but then like we kind of snatched it back. But like, you know, like it it wasn't pretty by any means. And um, but in the end, we, the result was there. Why do you think this is happening? Is there like just overall in the NBA, like what's going on where like, this is where Bruce Brown is looking like a number one option. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to ask you guys that. I think we're in, I think anytime you get down to a single game scenario, anything funny can happen. And I think we're in that part of the season where, you know, it's easy to look at an opponent and then just the other team gets a free swing. So I think that's part of it. But Tommy, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the baseline of talent is pretty high in the NBA now. Like even, even the guy, the guys, the Kings were throwing out there tonight, they missed a lot of shots, but like on the right night, those guys can beat you. And the same thing with Bruce Brown the other night in Phoenix, like that can happen. And also all the pressure was on the Warriors tonight. All the pressure was on the Lakers tonight. Those other teams were playing for nothing. So you have guys on the teams that are sitting a lot of guys. You have backups kind of playing for their career and playing for their next contract. So they're playing hard and they're they're motivated and they're playing with a ton of energy. And the other team, the team that's trying to make the playoffs, has all the pressure on them. So I think it's kind of natural. It's it's cliche, but you know, it's kind of natural to to get a little bit tight in those scenarios. And I think you definitely saw that with the Lakers tonight. The Warriors just kind of played with their food. Um that game was Never really in doubt in my mind. It got a little bit scary in a few scenarios there, but never, it was never like, it didn't feel like the Spurs game where like they were down no. for three quarters, right? That's what the Lakers game was tonight. They were down for three quarters. Uh, but tonight, the Warriors were in control of that game the whole time, but there was definitely more pressure on the Warriors. The Suns or the, the Kings have their seating locked up, their top three. So they're playing carefree. Warriors aren't. So just like one last question was like about that is like okay so the warriors like that was really scary against the spurs what we saw like how they were like right, right. messing around like 
next year, like obviously we still have this year to play out, but like next year, like do you, is is there like a like a roster change that needs to be made or like a mental change that needs to be made to like prevent you losing twice to like Detroit, twice to Orlando or those and like struggling in these type of games? Like what do you guys think that problem is? Is it like we need the old the older players are just getting like out athleticized or is this like a roster issue or is this a mental problem or is it a little bit of both? I'll, I'll kick this to Tommy. I know what he's going to say. So, uh, <laughs> I think you need to build a more stable roster around the older guys. I, I think there's a lot of talent on this year's roster, but, but talent, it doesn't really mean anything thing until it fulfills, right? There's a lot of kind of high variance players where like Kaminga can look amazing some nights. And then other nights you're like, oh man, can he even play, be on the floor tonight? Same with Pool. Same with a lot of the, Moody. I mean, Moody was amazing the other night against OKC. And tonight he played five minutes. It's like, okay, get him off the floor. You need more of those stable veteran types and Otto Porter, uh, Nemanja Bialica, Awant Toscano Anderson, even though they're not as talented as some of the young guys. You need guys like that on nights where Clay doesn't have it, Steph doesn't have it, and they do look a little bit old, for sure. They are old. Like, there's no denying that. You need those stable guys who can come in like more like a loony, a, a different version of a loony, right? You need more guys like that on the roster than you do just kind of random talent swings. You know, I, obviously, I want to keep Kaminga. I want to keep Poole. I want to keep these guys on the team, but you need Shout to build out, out the back end of the on. roster better. Huh? Yeah. Ah, dude, I love. Don't don't get me started on Baldwin. He's gonna be no. Like, but top, I mean, I mean, I mean, to your to your point, the way to make Baldwin and Kuminga look better is to put, um, maybe a Damian Lee around them, a couple more veterans around them. So it comes down to roster balance. I think they realized that mid season when they traded James Wiseman. Yep. Um, and and you know that's just one move, but it it's easier to sustain that stuff if you have more balanced roster. So. And, you, and you see the dividends with GP2 tonight. You know, Poole didn't have it, and that's going to happen. But other times you really didn't. You had Dante, but you had GP2 to go to tonight when Poole didn't have it. And he stabilized everything. He defends, and he can make an open shot. And he's always going to do the smart things on both ends of the floor. Ishan, appreciate you, my man. Thanks, have a great Tommy. evening. All right, we're getting out of here. Tommy, I appreciate Perfect. you. Thanks, have man. Have a great evening. Fun. Later.